Welcome to the All-Star Networking Podcast. It's the show where you hear from a new expert each week on how to build an all-star network, increase business sales, grow careers, find a job, or enrich your life. Let's get it started. From the Midtown Global Market in Minneapolis, here's your host, Kathy Paper. Welcome, everyone. I'm Kathy Paper here at the All-Star Networking Show at Midtown Global Market. As I say, on my right is the trusty producer, Matt Tell, the head of uh, the Friends of friends of the Midtown Global Market. Sorry, I just got distracted by some nice woman walking by. Um, thought I knew her. Anyway, uh, I am here today joined with Dan Janelle. Dan is a book strategist, and Dan, I'm going to let you tell everybody exactly what that means because you and I go so far back that I know so much about you that I would just babble for a while. So, <laughs> Well, we don't want any babbling. Hi, I'm Dan Janelle. I'm the author of Write Your Book in a Flash. I'm a book strategist, which means I can help you write your book no matter where you are in the process, either as a ghostwriter, book coach, or developmental editor. Okay, so now, Dan, it's funny that I'm bringing your book with me, and I showed you my cover, and I am not your star pupil for writing my book in a flash, because I haven't yet said what the start date of my flash moment is, so maybe by the end of the show, I'll commit to the end date of... Yeah, well, it's funny. People say, what do you mean by a flash? How, how, how long is a flash? <laughs> I was like, well, it's as long as you want it to be. Okay, uh, good. But basically, I think anyone can write a book in 16 weeks. That's four months. If you put 15 minutes a day into writing a book, you will have 20,000 words, which is all you need for a book today. People don't want to read long books. In fact, people say when you get on an airplane, they want to finish reading your book by the time they fly over uh, Chicago. You know, from New York to Chicago, we're done. We don't want to read any more books. So people want short books that get your point across. So, okay, let's just repeat that statistic again because I'm all about measurement now. Uh, 15 minutes, I could have 20,000 words in 16 weeks. Right, right. 250 words a day, four days, you have 1,000 words. The math becomes really easy after that. It's sort of like doing sit-ups. You know, the first one is the hardest one. Just getting on the floor and doing committing to doing one sit-up is the hardest sit-up you'll ever do. The second one, not so bad. Third, fourth, and fifth, you're on a roll, and then you keep on going until, you know, the lactic acid burns your stomach and you say the hell with it. Right. But, okay, but let's talk, let's connect the dots for people. Again, you and I have known each other for many years, and um, just thinking about networking and and maybe your thoughts, opening thoughts on networking. Do you like the word? Do you hate the word or dislike the word? Where, where, where do you stand on networking? Well, I am your worst possible guest to be on a networking <laughs> show because I hate networking. I'm going to probably be contrarian to everything that everyone else has said because everyone else loves to meet people, loves to be the center of attraction, and I don't. I mean, I'm not off the scale on the far side of being like, you know, I don't like people or I don't want to be around people or anything like that. I'm not weird like that, but I'm sort of in the middle. I call it situational introversion. When I'm around certain people, I'm outgoing and expressive when I'm around other people. The energy isn't there and it just doesn't connect at all. But when I go to a conference, like I'm the guy standing in the corner, drinking coffee and eating too many donuts while everyone else is out networking. Okay, now hold on a minute because I've been to the National Speakers Association conference with you and you were not sitting off in a corner by yourself. 
You were at a table. We talked to each other at the table. We were at the table in the evening where we had the 10 people around the table. You were conversant. So for those of you listening, Dan is not a hermit. <laughs> that was the word I was looking for. I'm yeah. not a hermit. No. Yeah. No. He's not a hermit. You just situational introversion is something though that I think hits everybody. You know, am yeah. I am I networking? Yeah. What am I doing? Yeah. And I think you bring up a really good point. I when I go to a conference, I hang around the people I know. I don't make a concerted effort to go out and meet people I don't know. And invariably, someone will come into that group who I don't know, will be introduced, and then we become best friends. That's how I network. Now, I'm not advising this. I'm not saying this is the best way to network. It's probably the worst way to network. Networking is really important. I'm reminded of a John Maxwell quote that says that nothing great was ever created by one person working alone. I believe my career would have gone faster, higher, better, and everything else wonderful if I had been more outgoing, more, more networking. I haven't been so bad so far, but I tell you, the thing I love about Zoom is that I met more people in the last two years than I have in the last, I don't know, 10 years of going to conferences. Because on Zoom, you're forced to go into these little group meetings with other people from all different backgrounds and meet with them. And you get, get to become friends with some of them. And then I invite them on my podcast. And we do business together. And we trade referrals. And we network. And we have fun. That would not happen in the real world. There's age stratification. There's sex stratification. That happens in the real world. But online, on Zoom, you are forced to meet other people and you find out that you have a lot more in common than you might otherwise have thought. And I met a lot of great people that way. But I love what you said about Zoom um, because networking for me, when the pandemic started and you had to go online, that was a real shift. So maybe break down a little bit. How did you develop some of those relationships with people? Like, how did you know where to go you know, when it first started, it was like everything, you know, some big power switch was hit and everything stopped. Yeah. How did you know where to go? Well, I belong to a couple of groups that suddenly had to go online. And a lot of meetings decided to have these breakout rooms as part of their webinars and teleseminars. So it was really a natural evolution in the whole process. So instead of being in one room with 150 people, you might be doing that for say 10, 15 minutes or so, and then you break into these groups with five or 10 people. And the good groups, the good instructors would say, here's how to network effectively. And they would give you five or seven different tips, like what is your name? Who do you serve? How do you help them? What do you provide? How can you help other people? And bingo. Now people had an idea of what to do. Now I was in some groups at the very early stages where there was no quote unquote leader and no one knew what to do and it was a friggin' mess because people go on about, oh well I came late to this meeting and I don't know what happened and blah 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 and my, my ankle hurts and blah blah blah. You didn't know what they did and you couldn't care less. But you uh, knew that their ankle hurt. <laughs> <laughs> very important things. So if you do a Zoom breakout meeting, give people instructions and just those five simple questions. Now you know who this person is and you can make a note and say, yeah, I want to connect with them. And that's what would happen at the end of people's uh, time. It'd say, okay, who would like to connect with Kathy? And a few people would raise their hands. or oh, put they, their Wait a sec. So they would ask who would like to connect with Kathy? Exactly. Oh, you oh. didn't have that in your notes, did no. you? No this, no, this is what makes it all worthwhile. So it's like, okay, here's Dan. Here's what Dan, Dan helps people write books. If you're interested in writing a book and learning more about how you can work with Dan, 
uh, put your name in the chat or raise your hand or put your email in the chat so you and Dan can set up a meeting and get to know Got each it. other. Yeah, so that was very effective. It closed the loop. And the people who had nothing in common with, and believe me, I was in a lot of groups where I had absolutely nothing in common with people. Like, I'm a business person. I help business people write interesting books. So when you first started, and again, I'm, I might get a little tactical here, because when you first started on Zoom, you said the, the person set up the meeting, and then you go into the breakout session. You knew your name, and you knew who you served, and what you could do to help them. Right. Did you... But you had done all that work ahead of time. Oh, no, no, because- no, 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 no. I'm saying the conference moderator prepped everyone. They said, here's how to have a successful meeting. Okay. As opposed to just having two minutes to extemporaneous talk and people didn't know what to, what to say. Now we all knew what to say. And some people stuck to the script better than others, frankly. But, you know, the 80-20 rule applies. Most people did their spiel and got it down right. And a lot of people are grateful because now they had a roadmap a template that they could follow. Right. Just backing up because we have, you know, listeners who are advanced networkers or people that are just getting started networking, maybe looking for that first internship and somehow have stumbled onto this podcast. How did you decide which of those groups you said that were 150 people? So how how did you pick those several groups or associations to be a part of to help your business? A um, couple of different ways. I mean, everyone gets emails to go to webinars these days. I mean, I'll go to my mail in the morning, there are always a dozen invitations to learn how to sell this or network that or improve this. And some of them, you you, you go to the ones that interest you. And some of them have the breakout sessions and you meet other people that way. Uh, I belong to a couple of groups and those groups would have their own sessions as well. So that would be a second way. So the associations you belong to might have their own meetings as well. Uh, I know a lot of places that had you know, breakfast meetings, for example, like the Minnesota Sales Association or uh, groups like that. They used to meet in hotels, have breakfast, meet people face-to-face. Well, no one was meeting face-to-face because hotels were closed. They would go online. So someone would present and you'd meet people and you have breakout sessions and such like that. Or the associations you belong to are, are probably online to some degree, or they certainly have been. And uh, other groups that you belong to and through emails. Great. Great. You're... Again, a machine in terms of follow-up and keeping track of people and staying in touch with people. And I wouldn't say a machine in the bad way, in a good way. I think you have a very natural style. How do you follow up with people? So you meet these people in the breakout session. Mm -hmm. Sure. And maybe they're a prospect. They're thinking they're going to write a book. Do you have a good follow-up or how do you? Yeah, well, we would send each other emails and say, you know, here's a link to my schedule. And I use a program called Calendly. There are a million programs like it. It's inexpensive. And I like it because it can sync up with other people's calendars so you can see what times are available for both of you. Um, And then it can send out reminders as well. It can link to the Zoom. So it's pretty cool for that. And then, you know, then we talk. And if there's something to follow up, we follow up. And if not, we don't. So pretty simple. There's also another program called One Page CRM. One Page CRM, which is a very simple customer relationship management program, but it's just as easy to think of it as a to-do list where it says, okay, follow up with Kathy on this date to discuss the next step in our program. Yep. And then it reminds you on that date to do this kind of thing. So very simple, very easy. It's not nagware, which I hate a lot of those to-do programs. Uh, 
So those two things really help a lot. Great. And, you know, and again, Calendly or, or the one-page CRM, it's follow-up is a, is a key part of this. And, you know, I get your emails. And partly why I subscribe to your emails, not only to finish my own book, but just to see what are you working on? Who are you working with? Who's mm-hmm. in your circle? Who's in your sphere? So Interesting. I, yeah. I recommend if people want to learn more about someone, subscribe to their email. You can find out what they're, what they're involved in. So, okay. So again, we have, what did we talk about? A hundred events happen here at the Midtown Global Market. So if you want to find out, you go to the website. Another program I recommend is simply Google Calendar. I have what I call Date Lexia. It's like dyslexia, but with times and dates. Okay. I cannot keep anything straight. So having (laughs) Google Calendar really saved my bacon. So... So I know how big an undertaking writing a book is, but it's also doable. And now that we know 15 minutes, 16 weeks, we can get the book done. How do you advise people or how do you help people think about using the book as a way to network for their business? Okay. A book establishes you as an author and as an expert. Everyone sees an author as being an expert and a thought leader and someone who is high status. So when you go to your networking events, you want to take your book. Now, I said book, singular. You do not want to take a whole carload of books. You certainly do not want to sell the books. But here's the thing. You don't even want to give your book away because people don't want to carry your book around. You think that they want a free gift. They really don't. They may want it, but they really don't want to carry your book around. So just have it for show, and it's a conversation piece. Oh, you've written a book? Oh, I see you have a book. Oh, you wrote that book? Oh, wow. Tell me about it. What do you do? Now you're a person of interest. So the book becomes a conversation piece. Then you can say, would you like a copy of my book? I'd be happy to mail you a copy uh, or send you a PDF because a lot of people like to read online. And that way you can further the conversation with the people that you want to further the conversation with. So that's how I would use the book in networking, but not use it as a sales tool. I'll just use it as a way to build authority and to start a conversation and in a way you, to stand out from everyone else, frankly. And do you help people think about, kind of to our point of how do you be efficient with your time when you're networking, do you help people determine where, what their book is about or who it's targeted to? Oh, yeah, that's really the, that's really the second question that I ask people. The first question, which most people don't ask, is why are you writing this book? What do you want the book to do for you? How do you want to be changed, be transformed as a result of writing this book. And it could be some people want fame, some people want glory, some people want more clients, some people want better clients, some people want to charge more money. And all those are fine things, but you have to be secure in why you are writing this book. Otherwise, you will never get through the dips and valleys and highs and lows that come with any new undertaking, including writing a book. It could be playing the guitar, playing the piano, or trying to become a med student. There are always highs and lows. You need someone to help you get through the process, and that's where a book coach comes in. But you have that first question of saying, like, I want to write this book because I want to help lots of people overcome this problem. That will get you through the tough times. The second question is, who are you writing the book for, and how will they be transformed? So being very specific is very, very key. You don't want to write a book for, quote, unquote, everyone. Because frankly, you don't have enough money to market to everyone, even if the book is for everyone. So your book on uh, how to help people network is clearly marketed for introverts and shy people, or as you say, scaredy cats, which is a great, I love that title. Uh, Don't change it. (laughs) Because people can say, 
introvert. Yeah, I don't know if I'm an introvert. I'm a situational introvert. I'm really not a hermit, blah, 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 blah. But scaredy cat? Yeah, I'm a scaredy cat. I go into a meeting, it's like, I don't know any of these people. I'm I'm a scaredy cat. I love that. I know, that. but I'm going to yeah. just tell you, even the extroverts, we get scared too. I just went to an event yesterday, and I was a scaredy cat for a minute, and I had to step aside and then remind myself, go back into the room. You will be fine. Keep talking to the people. So. Oh, oh yeah. M my mother was a scaredy cat, but everyone thought she was an extrovert. She was really an introvert. She hid her introversion by asking people questions. <laughs> Great. Use that as a tip in your book. Well, and I would say for for people listening, you know, we've 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 heard that from people is ask questions. Do you do you prepare questions when before you go on a Zoom call or when you meet with people? Like, do you have a set couple of questions? Uh, for a prospecting call, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to know why they're writing the book and how committed they are and things like that. So I'm sure every it, it's really is. It's a getting to know you call, it's a diagnostic call to find out where they are, what they need, and you know the other things that you'd have associated with any other kind of sales call. Right. But it's not a script, every, every talk is organic. And I've gotten past the point of being like, trying to solve their problems during the call, which was, you know, I'm a, my background is in PR. We love solving people's problems. That's the wrong time. You don't, you don't do that on a networking call, you don't do that on a sales call. It took me a long time until I found someone who told me that, and it makes a lot of sense. Why? Because you sound brilliant at the time, and then that night, they say, yeah, you know, here are five reasons why Dan's ideas won't work. It's like, darn, they're right. Uh, right. Just find out where they are, ask lots of questions, uh, see if there's a good fit. Uh, there's an exercise that I was uh, told or participated in for one of my uh, groups, and it's like this two by two square. And in the upper right hand, well, the quadrants are fun, you know, going from low fun to high fun, and money, going from low money to high money. So the upper right hand corner is lots of fun, lots of money. Who are the clients who are there? And in the opposite corner, low fun, no money, who are the clients there? And if you think about your clients and put them in those boxes and why they're in those boxes, you'll pretty much find out who your ideal client is. And you know, the, the time vultures, the people who, uh, ghost you and don't show up for the meetings, the people who pay late, the people who question you and uh, don't give you respect, as opposed to the people who say, pay on time, show up, are a pleasure to work with, the ideas bounce back and forth, it's a pleasure to talk with them, you could go out and have a beer with them, you know, those are the upper right hand corners. When you get pretty clear on those four quadrants, you'll find out who your best people are, whether right. it be in networking or in sales. I like the quadrant. I drew the quadrant on the sheet of paper. Yeah. So I've got the quadrant, the two by two quadrant. Fun and money are on the axis and um, thinking about that. How about networking? And again, you have done a phenomenal job with so many of your businesses. And how about referrals? Are you building a network that will add referral partners in with you? Uh, yeah, of course. And uh, this only goes to show that a person who considers himself a really bad networker and an introvert and a scaredy cat can actually build a hell of a network where people are referring me to them. In fact, later this afternoon after this call, I have a new business call, second call, with someone who is just in my network. You know, it just happened, poof, like that. So it really does work. But here's the other thing about referrals, because it's funny you mentioned referrals. I get paid for referrals. You know, I have a network of people who I refer people to and they give me commissions. 
and yep. vice versa. They refer people to me and I'm more than happy to give them a commission as well because otherwise it's a, mar it's a marketing expense. You know, you're spending money on marketing all the time, whether it be ads or whatever. So referral fees are the same way. It can come in, it can go out. You know, life is good. There's nothing to be uh, ashamed about asking for a referral fee or receiving a referral fee. Right. If you honestly believe in that person can honestly help that person. The other day, one of my uh, clients needed said, you know somebody who can help me with my WordPress site? It's horrible, I need something done. I said, oh, I'll refer them to someone I know. And sure enough, he was grateful for the referral. And if they come to an agreement, you know, I'll make a few dollars. So right. everyone benefits, you know. He had this magical client drop through the heavens onto his, onto his door and I get some money and he gets some money and she gets a, a, a person who can really help her. So it's a win-win-win. Everybody wins, yeah. yep. No, I like that. And I guess I go back to uh, Jim Rohn's line of you're the combination of the five people you spend the most time with. Right. So I want people that are in the quadrant of fun and money, but also <laughs> I want people that I enjoy that are in that same kind of mindset of we can all win together. We it, can all do well together. Yeah, so. it, exactly. You know, I hesitated when you said, what about referrals? Because a lot of people who are like insurance and real estate will say their lifeblood is referrals. But that's a lousy kind of referral. It's like you close the sale and say, do you know someone else who needs life insurance? You know, right. that, 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 that just never works. I mean, everything I've ever read, just, that just not, not work. It's, it's got, got to be a give and take. It's got to be uh, with people who you know and trust who can do a good job. And you refer people that way. Yeah, At least that's what's worked for me. No, I think that's great. So, um, you know, again, I've got your book staring at me right here, the Write Your Book in a Flash, and, and laughing, it said the, the subhead is the paint-by-numbers system to write the book of your dreams fast. So I'm going to, you know, I'm not ready to commit a date out loud. <laughs> no, I should. I just should. 16, 16 weeks, weeks from so today. So 16 weeks. I was thinking October. That's 16 weeks. Is that 16 weeks? We'll make it 16 weeks. Yeah. All right. Matt, you heard it here. I'm <laughs> committing to the book by October. So that's 16 weeks. Because I have a lot written. Anyway, Dan, this has been so awesome. You have given us so much information. I've got, you know, a, a, as always, a page of notes. I'm going to check out the one-page CRM. I'm going to um, not solve the people's problems on the call. I'm going to... Uh, Use the phrase date Lexia <laughs> is really funny. Anyway, not to summarize everything, but thank you so much. And then if people want to find out more about you, um, where tell us where, where they go. And of course, then you and I get to pick where we're going to have lunch at the market. <laughs> okay, great. My book is called Write Your Book in a Flash. And here's a branding tip for you. Name everything after your book. So your website is write your, my website is writeyourbookinaflash.com. My podcast is Write Your Book in a Flash with Dan Janelle. You can find that on YouTube and wherever podcasts are downloaded. Uh, so I'm happy to talk to everyone for 15 minutes to see if we're a good fit. And if I'm not a good fit, I probably know someone in my network who is. And I'll be happy to refer you to them. Excellent. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thanks for having me. This is great. Thank you for listening to the All-Star Networking Podcast with Kathy Paper. To learn more about strategic networking and making impactful connections, visit rockpaperstar.com. Please join us in supporting the Midtown Global Market as a vital community resource that supports small business, cultural diversity, and free or low-cost programming. Reach us at friendsofglobalmarket.org.